Welcome to Dog Food TV on this Overreaction Monday. Uh, Dog Food TV is sponsored by Dog Food Store, premium sportswear brand for Cleveland football fans. You can find that at www.dogfoodstore.com. So let's go ahead and just get right into it, man. <clears throat> so, obviously, if y'all saw that game, game was never really close game. They, they never really had a chance. And it's an overreaction because I would say the game against the Steelers makes this loss that much more of a problem. If you came into this game 3-0 and like you were supposed to, and you lose this game with a backup quarterback. Who cares? You're 3-1. and one. The Steelers lost yesterday. The Bengals got destroyed yesterday. I was actually at that game. They got destroyed. Um, they, got a, they got a rough stretch of their schedule coming. Outside of the Cardinals, they could lose every game the next four or five weeks. Um, so you don't want to give away games. And obviously, we know Nick Chubb got hurt in that Pittsburgh game, but the defense was in control. And the Pittsburgh defense was able to get two touchdowns, one off a scoop and score fumble, the other off of a pick six. When they announced that Deshaun Watson wasn't going to play, it was, you know, it's a rookie fifth-round quarterback. The defense can only do so much. And while you would have hoped that the defense could have did what they what they did against the first three weeks against the Bengals, against the uh, Steelers and against the Titans. The reality of it is, is to my knowledge, Joe Burrow's never won the MVP. Kenny Pickett has never won the MVP. Ryan Tannehill has never won the MVP. They were going against an MVP quarterback, a mobile quarterback at that. That was probably going to pose some challenges for them, even if Deshaun Watson played. So let's take a look at the numbers here. The Ravens rushed for 131 yards. They passed for 165 yards. They got 16 first downs. They went four and 12 on third down. Fourth down, they went one out of one. They had one turnover and... They held the ball for 29 minutes and 50 seconds. When you look at those yards, what more do you want the defense to do? The rushing yards was a little bit high, but that had more to do with the amount of time they were on the field and fatigue likely setting in because the offense could do absolutely nothing. So for them to be given to have given up 131 rushing yards to Lamar Jackson and company. That is not, that's not that bad. They didn't get gashed for 200 plus 131 is less than what some of the bottom third teams are giving up at least coming into week four. So, you know, I don't, I don't know all these people that are in the Browns media that are talking about all oh, the defense, you know, they got humbled and, you know, maybe the defense isn't as good as we thought they were. It's it's that's an overreaction. I I think the defense played great. I would still give the defense a, a B plus, if not an A minus. They still, if you look at these numbers, they still held them 
relatively in check. It was the field position game that they could never get in front of the eight ball on. Let's look at the Browns, 93 rushing yards. Okay, you know, you'd like to have seen more, but what this illustrates to me is that the ground game was actually getting a little traction. I know in, in garbage time, there was a bigger run that was ripped off. Maybe that that's what buoyed this number. But passing yards, 73. That doesn't surprise me with the fifth round quarterback. And that goes back to the critique that we've been talking about really since week one. Play calling. Now that you have a running back by committee situation, I still think this offensive line can open up holes for the running backs and they can can get yards. And from that, you can use play action to get these receivers open, to get your tight ends open. What I don't understand, I, I haven't understood it with Deshaun Watson going empty, and I definitely don't understand it with a fifth-round quarterback. Why are you going empty? The defense knows that you're passing it unless you're going to mix in some quarterback draws into there. Now that's one element that I wish I would have saw in the play calling a little bit more of using the Ravens. Would they do against them? Some design quarterback draws, some quarterback counters, some quarterback reads, um, you know, getting the defense moving side to side. Not, you know, they never really had to guess what was coming. The offense through four weeks has been somewhat predictable. In times that they're not predictable, they're just a little bit stagnant. And so if it wasn't for the elite defense through the first three weeks leading up to this game, this team could easily be, they could have been uh, one and two coming into the game. So you're sitting at two and two, and that's not a bad place to be, but again, I'm not really going to hammer the fact that they lost because it was a backup rookie quarterback. And maybe if they held on to Josh Dobbs, maybe maybe it's a little bit different. But based on what I saw with the play calling, I think with Deshaun Watson in there, you could have maybe managed 14 points. And, you know, maybe the, the interception doesn't happen. But... I still don't understand the situational play calling. I don't understand why the play action isn't used more to to force the defense to make a decision. And maybe it's just when 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 these plays are being called, that's why that's why I, I think it's predictable. If you think about the 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 Steelers game, they brought a blitz and that was on play action. But situationally, did that need to did that need to be a play action in, in that point in time? Your, your pass game wasn't even clicking anyway. You know, it was like six minutes left in the game. Maybe you just hand that off and let your defense bring that home and play the field position game. In this particular game here, it's almost like they abandoned the run. Let's take a look at the quarterback comparison. Lamar Jackson, 15 and 19. 186 yards, two touchdowns, 
uh, quarterback rating of 142.5, QBR 64.4. First couple of drives of the games, the the Ravens, it it took them a minute to get going. And again, that's why I say I don't don't know what these people are watching that are talking down on the defense. The defense played, again, they, they would get nothing less than a B plus by my estimation, given the situation that they were in, constantly being on the field. Um, you know, it it's a testament to how good they played that they really only gave up 28 when we just seen the team get ransacked for 70, and that was with a starting quarterback on the field. So it definitely could have been a lot worse. And, you know, Lamar Jackson had one, one throw to Andrews that was, you know, you just tip your cap to him on something like that. You can't stop that. And, again, that's not the defense's fault. That's like when Steph Curry is pulling up from, from 40 with three people in his face and that goes in, you just you just tip your cap to that. That's just better offense. There's nothing you can do about that. But for the most part, again, you're looking at 15 or 19, 186 yards. They didn't, they didn't get shredded. They didn't get shredded. You know, I really, from what I saw, I think it was just fatigue. Not there, there wasn't complimentary football. Um, DTR 19 of 36, 121 yards, three interceptions, quarterback rating of 25.5, QBR 18.7. The most alarming thing to me is 36 attempts with a rookie fifth round quarterback. You know, you would want. I would think you would want that number to be closer to what Lamar Jackson did, 19, 19 attempts. So that would be roughly about five attempts a quarter. And, you know, again, with three healthy backs running back by committee, um, I, I just think there was more opportunity to try to establish the run and try to establish play action to give him some easy throws. Um. And I said at the beginning of the year, that's that's what I think is going to be the biggest problem with this team is situational play calling. You know, I still think with the defense, as long as you don't lose anybody for a significant amount of time due to injury, the defense will get this team to the playoffs. No question in my mind. You saw the Bengals. I told y'all in the last videos, the Bengals, they the Bengals can't stop the run, and Derrick Henry shredded them up. They're probably last and run defense right now. And if you remember, you're not winning the division. You're not going to the playoffs nine times out of 10. If you are last and stopping the run, the Steelers got beat yesterday. I didn't look at the stats. I'm going to try to watch the game probably tonight or tomorrow night, but they are likely also going to be in the bottom third going into the next week from a defensive run stopping perspective. This team, the Cleveland Browns can stop the run. So there's no need to panic and the season is far from over. And I would even argue coming out of the bye, even if Deshaun Watson doesn't play and they drop the game or even he does play and they lose the game to the 49ers and they start two and three. You want health. You want the defense to be healthy and you want the offense to be relatively healthy. Obviously Nick Chubb, you know, that injury was a a big, big blow, but they still have three running backs that 
and an offensive line that can open up holes for the run. So going into the game against San Francisco, regardless of who's the quarterback, I hope that they are looking at ways to improve the situational play calling and figure out how they can marry the pass with the run because it doesn't seem to be a system or uh, where it's, uh, it's in sync where it's like, okay, we got the defense moving this way. Now let's hit them this way. It, it's almost like somebody's playing Madden and they don't really have their strategy. They just call in plays like going through, okay, that, that one looks good. Now again, these are world-class coaches. They know more than me. I'm not going to sit here and say I know more than somebody that's in the building scheming, installing game plans because I know I don't. But when you watch the Chiefs, when you watch the Eagles, when you watch the Dolphins, it doesn't seem as much as a struggle for those teams to move the ball on offense. You know, even when the Titans have the running game going, they're able to get things going in the pass. So, for the last couple of years with this particular team, with the Cleveland Browns, it's like a struggle trying to get the, the ball moving in the air. And that is the biggest thing that needs to be addressed. Even when Nick Chubb, you know, was healthy, even going back to last season, I feel like situational play calling, they didn't let him just get the one or two yards. So what the defense knows that is coming is Nick Chubb hand the ball off to him. Matter of fact, Let's take a look at the team defense real quick after week four. Now, you still have another game tonight. The Seahawks play somebody. So this could change depending on what happens in that game. But, again, the Cleveland Browns defense is legitimate because even after that game, getting 28, points hung on them they are still ranked number five in team defense Dallas Cowboys one Buffalo Bills two 49ers three who they're going to play in two weeks Baltimore Ravens four who they just lost to uh, Kansas City Chiefs is six Tampa Bay Buccaneers are seven all you Baker Mayfield fans he has a top 10 defense number eight Tennessee Titans number nine New Orleans Saints number 10 Atlanta Falcons so let's go to the passing defense um remember they allowed 165 yards through the air pass defense rankings after week four who is still number one the cleveland browns so all of the doubters after one game which is why this is called overreaction monday they are still the number one passing defense after week four after four games played. Again, that could change later tonight, but as of right now, they are number one. Dallas Cowboys are number two. The New York Giants are number three. The Baltimore Ravens are number four. Buffalo Bills, five. Atlanta Falcons, six. Carolina Panthers, seven. Los Angeles Rams, eight. Kansas City Chiefs, nine. Houston Texans, ten. Let's go ahead and look at the rushing defense after week four. Seattle Seahawks are ranked first, but they that is only with the three-game Sample size, again, they play later tonight. And by the time you watch this video, that game may already have ended. Um, so I don't know if they're going to stay right there. 
Detroit Lions are number two, Philadelphia Eagles number three, San Francisco 49ers number four, Tennessee Titans number five, Cleveland Browns number six, Baltimore Ravens number seven, Tampa Bay Buccaneers number eight, Jacksonville Jaguars number nine, New England Patriots number 10. Now again, you see the Baltimore Ravens are right there with the Cleveland Browns in top 10 in rushing, top 10 in passing, and top 10 team defense. We can, if you didn't watch one of our earlier videos, we did a graphic that showed the top 10 run defenses since 1999. Typically, it was the Ravens and the Steelers. So another reason not to overreact is because the Browns are in rare territory for this franchise since 1999 because they are, I'll have to go back and look it up, but I don't know if they've ever been through four weeks, top 10 in rushing, top 10 in passing and top 10 overall. That typically has been reserved for the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And maybe, maybe once or twice the Baltimore or the Cincinnati Bengals. I have to go look that up, but I know for a fact the Cincinnati or the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens have typically always been top 10 in defense, uh, specifically run defense, which is why those franchises have won. What is that? Four Super Bowls in 20 years, 23 years. So again, as long as this defense stays in the top 10 throughout the season, they're going to have a, a very, very good chance to make the playoffs. Now, the Steelers had Big Ben, who is a Hall of Fame quarterback. That doesn't hurt. Um, their offense also seemed to be able to complement the defense, and that's something that you're not really seeing right now. So on the off chance this team doesn't make the playoffs with the top 10 defense, specifically top 10 run defense, let's just say they say top 10 in both categories. That's going to be uh, a failure, uh, extreme failure, because you just need the offense to be B minus, just be competent, just get a few first downs, just play field position with a defense like that. The defense, the offense doesn't have to be all world. Let's wait till we get to week 10. Let's see what the offense looks like. Let's see if Watson is starting to really look like a top five quarterback again. And then we can make a determination on what the rest of the season is going to look like. So, again, there's no need to panic. This team is in, they're in a good spot. Obviously, they're two and two. You wish they were three and one and they didn't drop the Steelers game, but Deshaun Watson not playing, they were probably going to lose that game against the Ravens anyway. If anything, the defense showed you that if they had all of their horses with them, meaning on the offensive side, basically the leader of the offense and the quarterback, that game probably turns out a little bit differently. So, we're going to take a little bit more of a deep dive after the Monday night game. We're going to look at these stats. We're going to look at the AFC North. 
And, um, you know, we'll just we'll see how it goes as we're pretty much a quarter of the way through the season, which that's actually kind of crazy to say. But uh, so Dog Food TV, thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you all on the next one.